Please turn your Bible to Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 9. If you're using the Bible before you here in Fairfield, this should be on page 803. On one level, Romans is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. But on a higher spiritual level, this is the Word of God to us. We truly believe that this is God's Word to BlackRock. This is God's Word to us today. If you are a guest today at BlackRock, I invite you to listen in. If you consider yourself part of this church, then I encourage you to follow along with a desire to apply these words as if it is truly God's Word to you. Listen as God speaks to us, as to us as a church, and then specifically listen as God speaks to you as a part of this church. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with each other. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. This is God's word to us as a church. This is God's word to me and to you. And his word is summarized in verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Just think about God's call to us as a church. God is calling us to be devoted to one another. Assuming that you are part of Black Rock, what would it mean for you to look at the worshipers on either side of you and say, I will follow God's call to be devoted to these people? But let's go a step further and ask, what would it mean for you to be devoted to this church during our time of transition? In about 21 days, the people of this church will be asked to leave a very familiar room uh, that we are used to worshiping in for many, many years and go to a high school to worship for 18 months. If, in the words of Romans chapter 12, verse 10, a person is devoted to God and the people of Black Rock, what would this devoted attitude look like? Well, in this word devoted, God is painting a picture. He's painting a picture of this kind of relationship he wants us to have with each other as a church. And the picture that God paints is a picture that is very motivational because he sets a very high standard. Uh, speaking of uh, high standard pictures, uh, this week uh, I was preparing my office for the move by taking down the pictures that I have hanging in my office. 
Uh, we have a wonderful pastoral staff here at BlackRock, and a favorite day of the week for us is Tuesday, where we gather in my office for several hours of planning and prayer. Uh, to get, but because my office is the place where this team gathers uh, every week, I have on my office a series of pictures, inspirational pictures with inspirational sayings on them. Uh, and these wall inspirations are meant to set the high standard for our work together. For instance, on my wall, I have an inspirational photo of a uh, rowing team, a crew team rowing in perfect harmony. And underneath that picture is the phrase, we are at our best when we work together most. My inspirational pictures stood alone until one day when I walked into my office to find taped over my high standard pictures, someone had put a group of very disturbingly low standard pictures. And I want to show you some of those disturbing pictures uh, that someone put in my office. Uh, first, I'll show you a picture of one of my high standard setting pictures. Uh, it's a picture of a well-trained uh, rowing team, uh, actually a skydiving team this time, a skydiving team along with a high-setting phrase, success is coming together, that's how we begin, keeping together is progress, and working together is success. Now let me show you the low standard setting picture that someone taped over this picture in my office. It's a picture of a very ragtag skydiving group with a caption that reads, Idiocy. Never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. <laughs> now, let me show you some of these other low standing uh, pictures. The next is a picture of a... Uh, a long-distance salmon leaping into the mouth of a grizzly bear with the words, Ambition, the journey of a thousand miles sometimes ends very, very badly. Uh, here's a, a simple image of runners passing a baton with the words, Blame, the secret to success is knowing who to blame for your failures. Next comes a picture of a group of marathon runners and the caption, Defeat. For every winner, there are dozens of losers. Odds are, you're one of them. <laughs> Under this picture of a uh, downhill skier midair and out of control are the words, ineptitude. If you can't learn to do something well, learn to enjoy doing it poorly. And in this picture with, uh, with the caption, underachievement. The tallest blade of grass is the first to be cut by the lawnmower. And here's a picture of a sinking ship with the words, Mistakes. It could be that the purpose of your life is only to serve as a warning for others. And next there is indifference. It takes 43 muscles to frown, 17 to smile, but it doesn't take any to just sit there with a dumb look on your face. And finally, here's a picture of a famous leaning tower and the caption, Mediocrity. It takes a lot less time, and most people won't notice the difference until it's too late. Well, we had a good laugh over these uh, pictures, and the reason these pictures are a joke is because we know that these low standards are so obviously not the standards that God wants for us as His people. God calls us to excellence in the way that we relate to Him, and in the way we relate to each other. 
And God paints for us in Romans chapter 12 a picture of the high standard for us summarized in these words. Be devoted to each other in love. Now this word devoted carries with it the idea of commitment. And what God is saying here is that when it comes to the church, He does not want me to be an independent, free agent. He wants me to adopt a family-like commitment to others in the church. And I'm stressing this because, to be honest, this is not the way many of us see church. Many of us see BlackRock as something we attend. Uh, This is a problem. Because if I am just an attender, then I see BlackRock people not as brothers and sisters who must receive my devotion, but just people who happen to be in the same place I am on Sunday morning. If I am an attender, then uh, I'm committed to my church only as far and only as long as it meets my needs and satisfies me, especially in terms of comfort and convenience. If I'm just an attender, then my church, when it goes through a transition that includes worshiping somewhere else, an attender says, well, maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll go somewhere else. Or maybe I'll just sleep in on Sundays. This isn't God's plan for us. In Romans chapter 12, God says that this attender mentality is not the way he wants me to think about church. And this is not the way uh, he wants my life to be uh, going because God has something so much better in mind. God's plan for me is to be the best that I can be as his child, something that is only possible when I devote myself to the people God commands me to devote myself to, my brothers and sisters in the church, because we're better together. In God's plan for me, church is not something I attend. It is something I am. I am the church. I am the body of Christ. I am part of the family of God, where God is my Father, and my Father calls me to my best by calling me to be fully devoted to my brothers and sisters because we're better together. And God defines this devotion to my church in the words just before and just after verse 10. And as I study these words, I find that being devoted entails Five elements, all beginning with the letter H. Being devoted to each other means honesty, honor, hospitality, harmony, and humility. Let's study these five elements. First, being devoted entails honesty. Uh, Verse 9 begins with the words, love must be sincere. Uh, The Greek word that is translated sincere is ananupakritos, which uh, has a prefix an, which is no, and the root word is hypocritos, where we get the word hypocrite. And in the ancient Greek world, keep in mind that a hypocrite was a stage actor. So God begins by saying that love must not be an act. Being devoted to each other means that we actually love each other. God says, don't just act like you love each other. Don't just talk about loving each other. 
Your love must be on hupocritos. It must be honest. The church is supposed to be the one place where you can really be yourself and know that you are really accepted. And this is one of the reasons why we're better together. There is this tremendous healing power in being part of a community where I can be authentic and genuine and know in the verses of in the verse of 15 I have friends who will sincerely rejoice with me when I rejoice and sincerely mourn with me when I mourn. This of course is what we're seeing happening in our community groups at Black Rock. We are experiencing the truth that when we are honest, genuine and authentic with each other We're better together. So first, devoted means honesty. Second, being devoted to each other entails honor. Verse 10 says, honor one another above yourselves. And the Greek words here uh, include a humorous play on words that could be translated, try to come in first at coming in second. That is, Paul introduces this playful idea of actually competing with each other to see who can honor the other one more. You see, God wants our church family to be a place where men and women and boys and girls can be healed of the constant dishonor that is heaped upon them everywhere else. Outside the church, people grow up in homes where they're told by their parents that they are an embarrassing disappointment. Uh, they go to junior high where the other kids tell them that, uh, that they're just different or they look funny or they don't act right. They go to a job and they're told that what they do is never good enough and then they're laid off with the message that they are disposable. Every day the world finds new ways to tell us that we are unlovable, unimportant, abnormal, and worthy of all the dishonor that can be dumped on us. And God wants this church to be a place where all dishonored people can come and have someone say and really mean, God loves you and He's got a purpose and a plan for your life. You're so important to Jesus that He died for you. And because I follow Jesus, I want to lift you up and build you up and I want to honor you by serving you in Jesus' name. God wants this church to be a place where we're all healed from the dishonor heaped upon us. And as we heap that honor on each other, there is genuine devotion between us. Honesty is an action. Honor is an attitude. Honor is this counterculture attitude that says, it's not all about me. It's not about putting myself First and number one, I will intentionally come in second so I can put others first. And as I honor you and you honor me, we grow into the people that God created us to be. We're better together. And it's powerful. Uh, People in Seattle are still talking about it. They're still talking about a special Olympics event that took place several years ago. It was in uh, Seattle, and uh, there was nine physically and cognitively challenged contestants lined up uh, at the starting line for a 100-yard dash. And as the gun uh, sounded, they all raced toward the finish line, except for one boy. 
uh, one boy stumbled on the asphalt and tumbled over a couple of times and started to cry. And when the other eight runners heard this boy crying, they slowed down. And then they stopped. And then one by one, they all went back to the injured boy. And one girl with Down syndrome bent down and kissed him and said, this will make it better. And then they did something really amazing. All nine of them linked arms and they ran together for the finish line. And everyone in the stadium stood and cheered. And the cheering went on for two minutes. And then five minutes. The cheering crowd gave those athletes a ten-minute standing ovation. Because this is what God wants for us. He wants us as a church to be like this. We're better together. God wants us to be devoted to each other with this high standard love that entails this honor attitude where we compete with each other to come in second so we can put each other first. Third, being devoted entails hospitality. Uh, Verse 13 reads, Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. According to uh, the comic book lore, Uh, Superman had a fortress of solitude. The fortress of solitude was Superman's home where he could go uh, to be alone. And it was a strange house. It was made entirely of cold crystal ice. Uh, Superman had sofas made of ice. He had chairs made of ice, which you would think would be especially uncomfortable for a guy who wore tights all the time. Superman's house was called a fortress of solitude because it was well hidden. It had elaborate defenses to keep everybody out. Nobody knew it existed. Nobody knew where it was. No one was welcome. Never. Nobody. This may have worked for the Man of Steel, but if you are a follower of Jesus, considering considering your home a fortress of solitude is not God's plan for you. A part of being devoted to each other involves the practice of hospitality, where we invite each other into our homes and then keep the doors open constantly for each other over and over again. But the real meaning uh, behind this call to hospitality goes far beyond just literally opening your house. The real spiritual meaning behind this phrase means to choose to open your life to your church family. God says, open the door of your heart to each other. Embrace each other. Develop meaningful relationships with each other. And as we do, God saves us from loneliness and isolation in the process. Because we're better together. Fourth, being devoted entails harmony. Don't you love that phrase in verse 16? Live in harmony with each other. The picture here is of a symphony where there are many different musicians making many different sounds on many different instruments, but the result is harmony because they're all playing from the same page. And the same goes for us. We're better together. God did not design your life to be a solo sport. God designed it so that I'm at my best when 
I am able to work with others and play the music together with others. Harmony is an attitude. Harmony is an attitude that says independence may seem easier, but it's not better. It may be easier to just take my instrument somewhere else and play my note the way I want to play it. But I choose to sacrifice some of my freedom and my preferences so that I can be in unity with others and make music that glorifies God. This is what we all crave in life. We often choose independence and isolation because we think we want freedom most of all. But that is wrong. No one wants to die alone. Deep down, we crave to make music in deep, harmonious friendships with each other that last. But harmony is not easy. It takes a lot of practice. It requires some sacrifices of some of our preferences. And it also involves a commitment to resolving conflict. It takes a commitment to peacemaking. But the result is so worth it because God makes it so that we find joy and meaning in those deep, harmonious friendships with each other. The final element necessary to be devoted to each other is humility. Uh, in verse 16, God says, Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Now let me explain that phrase, be willing to associate with people of low position. Because I think this phrase is easy to misinterpret. Paul is not saying, hey, you of a high social status, make sure that you mingle with the people of low social status. Paul is not advocating here uh, social mingling between the classes. Although that's a good thing, uh, Paul is not talking about social mingling. Paul is talking about how Christ followers should think about themselves. Uh, we know that Paul is talking about thinking because the Greek word and root word he's uh, referring to is phroneo, uh, which means a way of thinking or a mindset. Such that a better translation of verse 16 would be, Do not be proud, but take a low position way of thinking and serve. God is saying that if I follow Jesus, I must take the mindset that Jesus took. And just like Jesus, I need to be willing to associate myself with a low position, with servanthood. And this attitude of humility is the most important part of being devoted to one another in love. Because humility is essential to all five of the elements. Being honest requires humility. Honoring others above myself requires humility. Opening my life and serving in hospitality requires humility. Adopting an attitude of harmony that sacrifices some of my preferences requires humility. Being devoted to each other requires a mindset. It requires humility thinking. And if I'm going to be someone who is devoted to God's people, I must adopt humility thinking. I must be changed into a person who thinks 
not only about myself, but a person who thinks about others. I must be changed from someone who thinks of church as like a consumer would, uh, and changed into a person who comes to church thinking like a servant. I must be changed from someone who thinks the church is all about me into someone who thinks of church as all about Jesus and serving Him and loving His people. So let me conclude today with a direct application to our upcoming transition. This is my only chance to apply God's Word to the historic chapter that we are about to write in about 21 days. Uh, Next week, uh, we'll enjoy some 40 baptisms together. And then the weeks after that, we'll be centering our thoughts on final reflections on 45 years in this room. So this is my only chance to ask you, what are you thinking about our transition as a church? Humility is a mindset. Being devoted to each other is a mindset. And assuming that you consider BlackRock your church, what is your mindset about your church's move to temporary facilities? And I know what a small group is thinking about our transition. This small group is taking a wait-and-see attitude where they think, I'll try Notre Dame, and if I like it, I'll stay. But if it's inconvenient, well, maybe I'll go just once or twice a month. And if I don't like it, then I'm going somewhere else. If you're in this group and this is your mindset, would you please compare your current thought process to these words from God? Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Live in harmony with each other. Do not be proud, but adopt a low position way of thinking and look for ways to serve. There is a wait and see group. But there is also a, praise God, there is a much larger group here at BlackRock that has a much different mindset. This group says, I have no idea what worship will be like at Notre Dame, but I'm committed to be there. And I'm committed to help to make it the best that it can be. Count me in. I'm devoted in advance to my church. Now we know this is a large group. Because we have a servant team of over 450 people who have said, I don't know if I'm going to like it over at Notre Dame, but I'm committed. I'm committed now. I'll sign up now to help set up, to tear down, to help with parking, to work with the kids. And I'll do anything else I can to serve because I'm devoted to my brothers and sisters in my church. This is the devoted attitude. It means I'm committed to stay, not only stay, but I'm committed to contribute so that this is a a real success. And, of course, this attitude goes far beyond our servant team and extends to hundreds of others. And I just want to thank you for being devoted to your church family. Your sight unseen commitment is pleasing to God, and it's inspiring to everyone else. 
You're not part of the wait and see group. You're part of the can't wait to see it group. Because you can't wait to see what God is going to do. Which is why many of us believe that these 18 months of transition will be some of the best days we will ever experience as a people. This transition is God-ordained opportunity to learn what being devoted to one another in love really means. And if BlackRock is your church, I'm asking you to commit to God and be devoted to His body. In the Old Testament, uh, God would ask His people to show that they were committed by standing in public. And I thought I would ask you to do that. But I'm not going to ask you to do that because I don't want anyone to think that I am trying to manipulate anything from anybody. Standing in public is not important. But knowing where you stand on the inside regarding your church is important. Uh, so if your church is BlackRock, this moment in our history it just calls from a decision, for a decision from you. And you need to know where you stand. In your heart, will you stand with your church as we stand for Christ in this community and the world? And, or will you not? God uses this church so powerfully and has for over 165 years because we are devoted to each other. God has grown us together and, and taught us to serve together so that we find joy together. We're devoted because for over 665 years as a church, God has taught us that we're better together. 